You're listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Isaiah 52, this is the kingdom age that we're reading about. We are, we've covered this from the Mount of Olives on Wednesday. We're not in the kingdom age now. People say it all the time. You didn't get it from old time religion. What are you doing for the kingdom? This is not kingdom. This is church age. We are in the church age, the day of grace. Thy kingdom is coming. The thousand year reign of Christ is coming. Jesus taught us that in Matthew 24 and 25 from the Mount of Olives. But today we look at this text and, and it's really, it, it's comparison to that present moment when Israel was in Babylonian captivity, but it's also prophetic. So it's past and it's prophetic. And you'll see the prophecy being fulfilled for the future. The Bible says, awake, awake, put on thy strength. That's a message in itself. Don't be such a sissy. Don't quit. Don't give, give in. Well, do you know what's happening in this world? I know, don't quit. Because the trump's soon gonna sound. Get some strength. And strength comes from waiting on the Lord. O Zion, put on thy beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city. And henceforth there shall be no more come unto thee the uncircumcised and the unclean. Uh, One day Israel's not gonna be invaded again. Shake thyself from the dust. Arise. Don't, 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 just, just don't lay down there in your mire. Get up. Amen. I mean, this is very direct, O captive daughter of Zion. For thus saith the Lord, ye have sold yourselves for naught, and ye have redeemed without money. For thus saith the Lord God, my people went down aforetime into Egypt to sojourn there, and the Assyrian oppressed them without cause. There's so much in this text that, look, when you're, when you're in bondage and in trouble, you don't go to Egypt for help. You go to God, you go to God's word, you go to God's house. People, they have troubles, they quit church. That's a case of the stupids. No, don't do that, stay in church. Well, you don't understand, here's my problem. I don't know what your problem is, we all have problems. But you don't walk out on God and blame the church or blame God. The Bible says, now therefore, what have I here, saith the Lord, that my people is taken away for naught? They that rule over them make them to howl, saith the Lord, and and my name continually every day is blasphemed. Therefore, my people shall know my name. This great prophecy. Therefore shall they know that in that day I am he that does speak. Behold, it is I. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings, that publish peace, and bring good tidings of, 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 of good, that publish salvation, that saith to Zion, thy God reigneth, and he will reign. The watchmen shall lift up their voice with the voice together. They shall sing 
For they shall see eye to eye, and the Lord shall bring again Zion. Break forth into joy, sing together. Ye waste places of Jerusalem, for the Lord hath comforted his people. He hath redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord hath made his, uh, made bare his holy arm in the eyes of the nations. And all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. Verse 11 is our text. <clears throat> Depart ye. Depart ye. Go ye out from thence. Touch no unclean thing. Go out of the midst of her. Here's our message. Be ye clean that bear the vessels of the Lord. The greatest privilege in my life is to know that I'm saved. God's my Savior. He reached down about 15 minutes from here in 1956 and saved my sorry soul. I failed him so much, he's never failed me once. His words never failed. The second great blessing is that I can serve God with my wife. I love serving God. It bothers me how weak I am. It bothers me how fleshly I am. It bothers me at times how self-willed I am. And we're all that way. But what a privilege to serve the King of Kings. But I'm concerned today how you and how I serve. As we serve God, whatever it is, whatever capacity you serve, it cannot be careless. Uh, we cannot do what we do with a careless attitude, with a selfish attitude, with, with a carnality attitude. You know, it is easy, it is easy to sing without the touch of God and make it sound like the touch of God. I believe each one that sang this morning, I believe we're a church, blessed church, not only this morning, but every service, people that sang, you can tell they know God and love God. You can tell they've practiced. You can tell they've prayed. Oh, I know sometimes I just leaned over to Brother Martinez as I do every sing another song, and he goes up here and says, oh, oh, I, and I'm thinking, where's I? What's I, I, I what, what's he going to? I have never lost the wonder of, oh, I know they're spontaneous things. Well, I'm thankful that when people sing, it's to the glory of God. Look what the Bible says, be clean, that bear the vessels of the Lord. If you're a singer, that's your ministry, then be clean. If you're an usher, then be clean. If you're leading souls to Christ, then be clean. Pastor, if you preach, then be clean. If you're serving God as a Sunday school teacher or a bus worker, you, you can do all these things with no prayer. You can do all these things without the Spirit of God and perhaps have great results. Churches all over America having it. We get crowds. Having a crowd doesn't mean you have the touch of God. Doesn't mean I'm clean either. Paul said, oh, wretched man that I am. Serving God is a clean business. Look at verse 11. We'll explain a little bit further and then get into the message. Be ye clean. Let's go to the last part that bear the vessels. To bear something means you pick it up and you carry it. This is what you're doing. You're carrying an offering plate. You're carrying a Bible to a Sunday school class. You're carrying a steering wheel of a bus, 
Uh, you're carrying uh, a soundboard. You're carrying a camera uh, with a live stream right now. You're doing something. You're, you carry a security badge in this ministry. You, you carry uh, something that protects the people. You carry a, a, a parking lot attendant. You, you have something. You have a stop sign. But God says you're bearing something. You're lifting something. You're doing something. Look what he says. That bear the vessels. A vessel is a utensil. It's a piece of furniture. It is, it is a dress, something of garments that we wear. That's what they did in the Old Testament. They, they boxed up the tabernacle. God told them how to carry it. God told, and, and these people were carrying the vessels. They carried the badger skins and they carried the Ark of the Covenant. And inside the Ark of the Covenant, they had the necessary ingredients there, the rod, and, and the tables of the law of God. And there was a certain way to carry it with the staves. And they were carrying vessels. In the Old Testament, they moved from place to place carrying something, the furniture, carrying the, uh, the, 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 the showbread, carrying the candlestick, carrying the fencing. And it's so amazing, I preached it not long ago, how that the tabernacle was the center of the Jewish life. And three tribes and families uh, their, their entire heritage to the north and three tribes to the south and three tribes to the east and three tribes to the west. And as the tabernacle moved and the law moved and the spiritual things moved and the garments moved from the priest, the high priest, when that moved, the entire congregation stayed around the tabernacle. It was a great illustration for us how we ought to keep ourselves. But you know, I think Isaiah's reminded him, you can carry those and be dirty. Nobody would know. You can get the <laughs> this candlestick, box it up because someone else had that job, and that's their job to box it up, and then another would carry it, and the Levites would carry it. That was their job. You didn't have to pray. You didn't have to be holy. You didn't have to be godly. But you're supposed to be. I wonder how many times I've preached. Over 50 years and 48 years in this church almost now. I wonder how many times I've preached and I've tried to be right before God. I honestly try, I've tried to be right spiritually with my mind. When I pray in the morning, I say, God, I give you my mind. I normally chuckle. I say, God, there's not much up there, is there? But I give it to you. God, today I want to give you my eyes and my ears and my mouth, and my hands, and my feet, and my heart, and my life. I sing oftentimes, take my life and let it be consecrated. You know, I was supposed to be holy. I was supposed to be a man of God. But I live with Jack Treber. More than Cindy Treber lives with Jack Treber. I live with Jack Treber. 
And when Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, the epistles especially, says to, uh, oh, wretched man that I am, I'm thinking, if he thinks he's wretched, you ought to come live with me. No, I'm not into pornography, and no, I'm not into some other marriage, and I'm not into adultery, and I'm not into drugs, and I'm not into drink, and I'm not into this, and I'm not into that. No, no, I'm not talking about that. But you know, we all battle the flesh. And how careful we need to be as we bear the vessels, as we carry the vessels. I have a habit, and I felt so convicted because I was walking around talking to so many folks ahead of time. But I always, the last thing I do, and I did not do it today, last thing I always go by that little closet, it's a ready room right underneath this, this balcony here. I go in there, I always bow my knee. Now, I've already done it today, but the last thing I try to do is bow the knee and say, God, please help me to represent you. And I got so busy in here, and it just sort of convicted me. I want to be a good pastor. I want to be a good person. I want to be a good husband, a good father, a good grandfather. But it's easy to play the part. Sometimes I'll say, Lord, am I just an actor? And I hope you probably examine yourself the same way. Let a man examine himself. God's word says. When people start telling me, you go soul winning, they start telling, well, I, yeah, I'm a Christian. I'm a good, I, 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 I don't go to church, but I'm a, and they talk, tell me how good they are, how great they are. I'm thinking, this guy's not a Christian. Because a Christian knows, oh, wretched man that I am. And, and Isaiah says, look, if you're going to be burying the vessels, if you're going to be taking Bibles door to door, 100,000 this year, and if you're going to be taking the gospel message, probably over a million tracks this year in our church, one week alone, there's 100,000. And if you're going to be praying in just preparation for this, I got so burdened for the city of Santa Clara because I failed the city. I try to go by and I'll stop sometimes to buy a public school and pray for those kids and pray for the school teachers, and pray for public school kids. That's my job. I'm, the, I'm, I'm supposed to be the shepherd of this city. And you say, well, you're not the only church. I know, but I hold every, I would hope every pastor who's a, a shepherd would feel like, I'm, this is my city. This is my Jerusalem. I don't want to say, well, the next guy over there, that Presbyterian, he'll pray for the city. That Methodist, and they may. But it's my city. I'll attend next week or so the mayor's funeral. She was such our friend, just a little bit younger than I am. She died last week. I attended her dad's funeral, who was uh, the mayor years ago. And I just can't get our city the last week off my mind because of her death. I have, oh yes, I have all the the council members' names in my prayer journal, and I have the mayor's name in my prayer journal, and I, and I have the congressman in our journal, and I have the, the president and the vice president, I have them in my journal, yes, and the five living presidents that are still yet alive in America, I still pray for them, oh yes. But I'm telling you something, friend, I feel like I could have done more for Santa Clara. I feel like I should have done more. By the grace of God, I'm supposed to bear the vessel of this city. It beats on my heart. I drive these streets, and when I drive them, I go out to the cemetery and pray, or just go running errands or whatever I have to do. This, this city bleeds in my, beats in my heart. But I've carried the vessels. 
I'm the bear it, but here's our text. Look at the text. We'll get where we're going. Ye have paired the vessels of the Lord. What are we supposed to do? Be ye clean. Be ye clean. We serve a holy God. In fact, in the next chapter, he mentions how he is a holy God. We sing about holy, holy, holy. We sing about a, a holy God, the Word of God. We have a holy God. We have a holy Bible. We have someone living inside of us called the Holy Spirit. And child of God, if you're going to pastor a church and go be poor people and preach to God's people, and, and if you're going to sing, and if you're going to usher, and if you're going to be in the choir, we can do all that with no prayer. We can say, hey, what are we singing today? Oh, no. It should have been on our heart, and we should have cleansed our heart before we ever sang a song. I'm going to rise. I know that boy that sang here today, that song, that solo with that choir, I know he prayed over it. I know his life. I know those three girls that all were raised here, and as they sang, now now they're well, their mothers. I, I know those girls had the touch of God on their life. I know that man knows God. I know he prayed. I know this man here. He prayed. I know that that college pre, uh, pastor of our college. I know he prays. And this man of God. I know he prays. But I tell you what, it is so easy to do what you want to do in the flesh. God says, "I want you to be holy, Jack." Teenagers, I, I want you, God says, to be holy. I think the average pastor should stop trying to redefine and find fault. The average pastor, I think, is trying to not only redefine, they want to challenge everything. I don't want less of God. I want more of God. Amen. I don't want less holiness. I want more holiness. I'd rather get to heaven and God said, Jack, you are too powerful, too strong on holiness. Then Jack, you are too weak on holiness. I, I want you to see as we think about we're carrying these things, we're doing these things to be clean. I wonder if you could turn with me to the book of Romans chapter 12. And as you turn there, I I'm remembering the text over in Jude in verse number three. For there certain men crept in unawares. God says they're corrupt men. These are men that were, that were destined to this and to destroy. But God says that we are to defend, we're to, we're to defend the historic doctrines of the faith. When he says we're to fight, we're to contend for the faith, that is literally the historic doctrine. We're to, we're to fight for salvation by grace. We're to fight for eternal security. We're, we're to fight for holiness. We're to fight for good, solid Christian hymns and songs and spiritual. That's our job. In Romans chapter 12, so often we quote verse number one. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And we should, we ought to be holy, it's acceptable. But if we get verse one right, we'll get verse two right. Let's read verse two, ready, begin. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. Be 
See, verse 2 is the key to verse 1. And verse 1 is the key to verse 2. Oh, you, you, you Christians, all these rules against us. <laughs> you ever read our, our bylaws around here? They're one page, basically. If you're going to be a member of this church, you've got to, go to, you've got to come to church. You've got to be saved. If you're going to be a worker, you, got to, you have to tithe. You've got to win the loss to Christ. There's just a few little items we put down there. Oh, so many rules. Not a lot of rules. But become rules when we no longer recognize that we are to present ourselves holy to God. And when we present ourselves, when we do our part, verse 1, then you can count on it. You're not going to want to be conformed to this world. You're going to want to be different than this world. It often happens to me, I'll, I'll, I'll visit somewhere, I'll go door to door, and they'll say to me, they'll say, Oh, I saw a bunch of your girls in our neighborhood. I saw a bunch of your boys in our neighborhood giving out Bibles. Giving out Why? They look different. Most of them have a joy in their heart. You stop, go by a bus stop and see these poor, sad kids that live in our area and get on buses to go to school. They're all on their cell phones and no one's talking. There's no joy. Turn with me in your Bibles, please, to the book of Romans chapter 13. You're right there. Verse number 11. That knowing the time, it's now high time to awake out of our sleep. Same word that Isaiah used. For now is our salvation nearer than we believe. The night is far spent, the day at hand. Let us therefore put off the works of darkness and let us put on the arm of light and let us walk honestly in the day, not rioting that deals with adultery. Not drunkenness, that deals with drink. I'm hearing more people trying to say as Christians, I don't see anything wrong with drink. Well, then you don't know the Bible. The Bible says wine is a mocker, strong drink is a raging, and whosoever deceived thereby is not wise. We're having churches now. A church in another state, big marquee, said, come and bring your six back to Friday night. But they gave different types of beers. A church. That's not a church. That doesn't bring honor to God. He says in drunkenness, not in chambering. Chambering is like party animal all night. Wantonness, excessive lust. Strife, you're always contentious. Envying. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Turn with me to James chapter 1. And I, I, I won't have you turn much more, but I'll, I want you to see James 1, please. In James 1, it's page 1307 in my Bible. I don't know what page it might be. If you have the same Bible as mine, it's 1307. Because as we carry these vessels, I have to be clean. My Bible says in chapter 1, verse 27, let's read verse 27 together. James 1, 27, ready, begin. Pure religion. (laughs) 
Turn to chapter 3 of James, please. I'm going to keep myself unspotted from this world. And I don't know how it is in your life, but it's so easy to get spotted. It's so easy to get tarnished. But if I'm going to be a true minister of the gospel, and you're going to be a true servant of God in your usher station or the choir or the orchestra, Sunday school teacher bus, we, we have to keep ourselves clean. We are bearing a message. That message is to be brought glorious out with clean vessels. I wonder how many times I could have won a soul, but my hard heart wasn't clean. And I, I said no to the Spirit of God. I need to work every day and throughout the day to cleanse my heart, the Bible says. Look what he says in James 3 and verse 14. But if you have bitter envy, strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. Pride and bitterness and envy is not of God. Verse 15, this wisdom descendeth not from above. It's earthly, it's sensual, it's devilish. For where envy and strife is, there's confusion in every work. But the wisdom that's from above is pure. When we carry the vessels, we ought to be pure. It's peaceable. It's gentle. I'm talking about your marriage. I'm talking about my marriage. I'm talking about our homes. I'm talking about our ministry. And easy to be entreated. You can approach them easily without World War III. Full of mercy, pity, good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. See, God is demanded that if we're going to serve him, we have to do it clean. I wonder in this house how much dirt there is with the pastor and the people. I wonder how much dirt we've carried to the house of God and I wonder how many of us have stood up and with that dirt in our heart, it's bitterness, that's dirt. It's envy, that's dirt. We made a pact when we got married and I think we've abided by it. Next month, 51 years of marriage, we made a pact. We were gonna be right with one another when we go to bed at night. And we pray together at night, and it's nothing. It's, oh, I'd love to hear them pray. A few times a week, I fall asleep praying. And all of a sudden, she'll start laughing. I said, I fell asleep, didn't I? But we attempt to pray every night. I, I don't want anything between me and my wife that would hinder my, God says my prayers, 1 Peter 3, when, my, my, when I'm bitter at my wife, my prayers are going to be hindered. I look at my precious son here and his sweet wife. We have 14 grandkids. If I get a 911 call in the middle of the night, I don't want to have to call half the church and ask you to forgive me because of my, my envy towards you and my bitterness towards you and my, my, my self-will. I'm mad at you over some. I have 41 deacons. I don't want to be mad at one of them because tonight, tomorrow night, I might get the 911 and say, Papa, you've got to pray. We're in the hospital right now. Pray for us. I want to have a clear line of connection with God. I don't want to have a spotted vessel, a dirty vessel. So, so 
back to Isaiah, then how, how can I be clean as I do my task for God? Well, it's very easy. One, with the scripture. John 17, now are you, verse four, now are you clean through the word? Dale Moody said this book will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from this book. If I want to walk with God, I'm going to have to rely on the word of God. Amen. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereunto to the word of God, the Bible. God's word have I hid in my heart. Why? That I might not sin against God. See, I'm struggling with my sin. Well, you're not in the Bible by the washing of the water, by the word, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26. You see, today, if I'm going to serve God clean, I'm going to have to get in love with this book right here. I'm going to have to read it. God says he'll bless me if I just read it, Revelation 1.3. He says he'll bless me if I just keep it. He said he'll bless me if I study it. He'll, say, he'll bless me if I hide his word in my heart, memorize it. He'll bless me if I meditate upon it. Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall thou meditate day and night. Amen. Thy word have I hid. Keep the Bible. We sing an element. A little boy, I remember we'd sing with Mrs. Daniels, the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. B-E. I went flat. Play E-E. There it is. I heard it. I, I, I know I'm out of time, but if I, I, want, I want to be clean. I just want to be clean. And so I'm going to have to be in the scriptures. This, this book, if this book could keep you clean. You know that wife that you're sitting next to, she deserves a clean husband. You know that husband that you're sitting next to, you deserve a clean husband wife or husband, either one. You know those children deserve a clean dad, a clean mama? Clean. I'm down the road of life pretty far right now. I've tried to read this book and studied every day of my life since I was about 13. But I'm going to tell you something. I wish I'd have done more. I wish I'd have done more with the Bible. This, this counts because I want my life to be clean and bear the vessels, the people of God, the ministry that God's given to me. I, I want to bear it clean. You know, so I'll stay clean by the scripture. I'll stay clean by confession. You're in James right there in James 4, 8. Draw nigh to God. He will draw nigh to you. Here it is. Cleanse your heart, hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Cleansing is through confession. If we confess, 1 John 1, 9, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. No, we don't have a a booth back here and you come and I sit on the other side and you tell me your sins and I can't take away your sins. But pastor people both alike need to confess our sins. 
Sometimes as I draw the end of the day, as I review the day, I have to say, I got ticked off at the stoplight. These people sit there with their head down because they're on their cell phone texting. Are you hearing me, ladies? It's real brave right up here, but so let me say, are you hearing me, men? At the door, I want to... I don't understand if you're going to drive the car, drive the car. And so then they sit through the green light and I try to be patient and then you honk the horn and they get through the yellow and I get there at the next red. I'm ticked. And I catch up with them the next light and I'm, I'm not going to do anything crazy. But the next light, they're all like, like this. Text and drive. You know, that bothers me. Thank you. It, it bothers me that we were taught in America here, if we were looking, nobody's taught now. I'm not going after a different national. I'm going after Americans too. Here's, you're at a, a stop sign, not a stop light. People walk like this. Man, I feel like when, I, my flesh feels like soon as, I wish I had an air horn, David. Blast that thing. Hey, good day. Have a good day. God bless you in Jesus' name. Oh, my goodness. Stuff like, does that bother you, sinner? Does that bother you? Oh, you guys, come on. Man up. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All the time? Yes sir. yes, sir. There's a good Christian. Never. I knew you were going to say, I knew. He was always rebellious as a kid. The scripture through cleansing. David committed adultery with Bathsheba in 51, verse 12. He says, cleanse me, cleanse me. You know, the wonderful thing is you don't have to live day after day with sin. You can confess it and restore fellowship. The scripture and confession. Then thirdly, we're done, brokenness. David said in Psalm 51, 17, a broken and a contrite heart. David gave us, you do wrong, I do wrong. Aren't you broken over it? I've said to the Lord so many times, I, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Don't well up with pride. So we have an opportunity. We have some vessels to carry. Your children are vessels to carry. They're holy things. They're special. They're, they're important to God. He says, don't, don't you offend one of these little ones. You carry them, but you have to carry your children. And I'm not talking about physically. Carry them through life with holiness. Because when you bear up your children, you have to be clean. That's why the joy of praying with your children playing with your children, precepting your children with the Word of God, spending time with your children. That, that's why you carry your marriage in prayer, yes, but you carry it with holiness, sir, dear lady, in holiness. You carry your Sunday school class, you bear it up with holiness. That bus 
Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.